Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 check. Pursues against Eric Johnson. Cassian gained control. Beautiful centering pass. Save Grubauer on Drysaddle. Rebound score. Leon Drysaddle in Edmonton. In immediate response, it's 5-1. to Drysaddle picks up his 16th of the year. That capped a four-goal third period for the Edmonton, or second period for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Turned out to be the game winner as well as the Oilers win their fourth in a row, 6-4 over the Colorado Avalanche. The Oilers have won four straight for the first time since last December. The Oilers just announcing on Twitter, however, that Oscar Clefbaum, according to Ken Hitchcock, will be out weeks, not days with a hand injury and will head back to Edmonton immediately for further evaluation. So uh, this win comes with a price and a hefty price as one of the top five minutes leaders in the National Hockey League. Sounds like he will miss some significant time for the Oilers. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10.05. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, I guess, I mean, that's the the immediate news here is the is the cleft bomb injury. That is uh, a big kick to the you-know-where for the Oilers. It is, and it's surprising. And Bob and I just talked about it, because Clefbaum left as soon as he got hit, and you knew he was in pain, because he went straight off the ice, right down the, the tunnel to the dressing room. The first thing they always do is they check it. They bring the doc, team doctor in, comes, looks at it. There's a, an x-ray machine in every arena in the National Hockey League. X-rays would have been taken. So that's why it was surprising when he came back out to the bench. So you think, okay, he could be in pain, but you wouldn't think it was broken because they would have been able to spot that on the x-rays. And then when he left, you think, oh, now it's precautionary. So a little surprising and certainly uh, uh, quite a bit unsettling for the Edmonton O's because this is a guy that's playing 30 minutes a night for some nights for for Ken Hitchcock and averaging 26, 27. It'll be a big loss for the Oilers. Uh, The one thing that we have seen, though, when the Oilers have lost players this year, other players have stepped up, and tonight, uh, when if you want, I know that the, they've had the stars. Bob said that Koskinen could have been a star. Uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins had a great game. Drysaddle had a game. McDavid, to me, Darnell Nurse played almost 31 minutes tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Had a goal, had an assist, was plus a couple. He was incredible tonight. He's going to be a player that's going to be counted on to fill in for, for Oscar Clefbaum playing big minutes if Clefbaum's gone for a while. 6-4, the Oilers win it over the Avalanche. The Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630 chedcom Go ahead and print yourself up an appetizer coupon for Japanese Village. 
Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and in Sherwood Park, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a couple of goals tonight, also had an assist. Leon Dreisaitl plays his 300th NHL game. He gets a goal and two assists. A beauty setup for McDavid for the Oilers' fourth goal. Yeah, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. There's very few players in the National Hockey League that can make a, a, a backhand pass 15 feet. Uh, for, for Leon to go from one set of the boards to all the way across the other through the neutral zone, past the defenseman who was standing up in the play and hitting Connor McDavid, the fastest player in the National Hockey League, in stride. Uh, it, it was just, I just sit and watch him. Okay? You marvel at it because there's very few, if any, in the, in the, player, in the league that can do that. And he does it time and time again. Uh, Leon was sensational tonight, and I, I, I don't have all the up-to-date stats, but I think that puts him into the top ten in scoring on the season. He is. Uh, we've had calls about Leon, and we keep saying we think Leon's having an exceptional year. Tonight was just a, a, another example of how important he is to this hockey club. Six four, the Oilers win it. I mean, kind of a, a strange game. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those where you say, you know, mid-December. 31 games into the season, you, you take the two points and you get out of town. It wasn't necessarily a, a, a work of art. The Oilers are up 5-1 after the second period. You, you know you're probably going to get outshot in the third just yep. because of the score. I, I don't think they were happy, though, about getting outshot 16-4. And the Avalanche had, I, I don't want to say uh, it was a faint hope, but they did they did find a little bit of life in the last five minutes there. Well, the, the goal that they allowed for the goal interference... Um, where, when the, the coaching staff of Colorado challenged it, that challenge came in to be very important because all of a sudden that was that extra blanket of security that the Oilers had going down the stretch. Uh, Colorado got, whenever you're down a lot of goals and, and you're in the dressing room, the one thing you always talk about, let's get something early. Just put a little bit of stress in, in, into the lives of the opposition. And Colorado did. They got a power play, got a power play goal early in the, in the period. So now there's maybe a little bit of belief. You Now you're on the bench. Say, okay, if we get one in the next five minutes, there's belief. But then the Oilers scored right away. And then there's a, a sag. But you got to give credit to the Colorado Avalanche. They are a good hockey club. This is a very strong team with a, uh, the best number one line in the National Hockey League. They kept pushing. So it shows you the, the type of leadership that they have. The Oilers, little undermanned. Their, their minute eater up is gone out of the game. So now other guys are having to step in the third period. Benning, another defenseman, he's gone for an extended period due to, to penalties. He has, he's in the box for seven minutes in, in the third period. So you're down men. you got a Gravel playing, Gravel playing extra minutes. Russell's minutes are elevated in the third period. And Colorado just kept pushing. And that's why in a game where you give up four goals, you can still say, God, our goaltender was really yeah. good tonight. Absolutely. Koskinen now 10-3-1 on the season. The Oilers are 17-12-2. They do jump into a playoff spot. They get the first wild card, a point ahead of Dallas, 36 points to 35. Hey, Calgary leads the Pacific. Division with 40. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Oilers got to obviously you worry about the teams behind you, but I think they're they're uh, they're looking ahead. Heck, they're only five points by Nashville. They have the best record in, in the entire West. So it's shaping up to be a, a fun drive here for sure. We're going to get to your calls in a second 780 496 0063. But let's go back to the Pepsi Center and here's the Nuge. So I think, especially the third period, it just kind of um, felt like a long time to get to that 10 minute mark and then that delay there uh, after Benny's fight. But uh, bottom line is, we got the job done not the best uh finish to the game as we wanted but uh definitely got the job done and worked hard all 60. 
you guys feel good about your penalty kill tonight? I mean, they have the number one overall power play in the league, and I think you guys only let one in. Yeah, I mean, uh, we knew coming in that we wanted to keep them out of the box or keep ourselves out of the box, and uh, they have an elite pe- uh, power play, and uh, for the most part, we did a really good job, and uh, they got a late one there, but I think uh, for the most part, when we were out there killing, uh, we, we kept them to, to minimum. How does it feel to get this get up tonight? Yeah, I don't get it too often, so it's, uh, when, you, when you get it, it's uh, definitely nice a little bit. Uh, just a comment on Miko's performance tonight as well. Again, he, uh, he held us in there when we needed him to, and uh, down the stretch when it was uh, still tight, he made some huge saves for us, so it kind of allowed us to, to go for it and uh, start turning the, uh, turning the game in our favor. And it's kind of nice to see everybody contributing tonight, not just one or two lines. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, especially the past uh, couple of three weeks, it's uh, it's been good. All four lines have been going. Even if the line's not scoring, they're producing uh, or they're uh, uh, being effective in other ways. So, I mean, it's uh, it's been good as of late and uh, definitely nice when everybody uh, is chipping in. All right, there's Nugent Hopkins now up to 10 goals on the season. He got two tonight, turned a one nothing lead into a 3 nothing lead in the second period. Oilers go on to beat the Avalanche 6-4. If you missed it earlier, head coach Ken Hitchcock, who you will hear from next, saying that Clefbaum will be out weeks, not days. It looked like a hand injury blocked a shot in the second period. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, quickly, before we get to Greg on the phone line, special teams we talked about before the game, going to be a story coming into this one. Avs power play, number one in the NHL. They go one for five. Some important kills by the Oilers when the game was still more in question. And the Oilers power play coming through two for three. Well, when you start looking at your power plays, when it's not scoring, you go into the video room and say, okay, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And when you go into the video room, and we've talked about it, the Oilers have had some good power plays. They just haven't had good puck luck. They've had some good looks. They're getting where they want to be on the ice. They're getting the guy, the puck in the right positions. They just haven't capitalized. Well, tonight they got some puck luck, and the puck went in for them. Uh, This power play is going to get chances for a couple of reasons. The first reason, Connor McDavid brings the puck up every time. You can't stop him. They are going to set the puck, the, their power play up in the offensive end, and then they've got three guys with world-class passing skills and world-class hockey IQs in McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and, and Drysaddle. So they're creating opportunities for their teammates. They've got players playing the proper roles, chase on in front of the net, taking away the eyes of the goaltender. And he also does a very good job of keeping the defenseman in front of the net honest keeping him down low. When he does that, that allows the passing lane to open, and that's how you saw McDavid go cross-ice to Nugent Hopkins for that goal. So the power play needed to be good tonight. We talked about that before the game, and it was a difference for them. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 6-4. We have Greg on the line. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. That's good. Hey, I got two things to say. Matt Benning's fight in the third period, I think that was a change in momentum big time for Colorado. Uh, They came out really strong after that one. Uh, I feel with Matt Benning, he takes more penalties and more stupid plays than he does positive on the team. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. Well... Coming into the game, Matt Penning had three penalties on the season in yeah, 25 I games. That. I huh? understand that. But well, you just uh, said that he takes more stupid penalties. He's only had three penalties on the whole year before tonight. It's the uh, giveaways. It's the uh, um, 
Matt Benning, Matt uh, and people Bob call him Matt Benning, is a very good six defenseman. He is a very you look around the National Hockey League and find the other team's six defensemen, and Matt Benning would be one of the best in the National Hockey League. All right, I guess I'll go with your word. But, and uh, Reed? Yes. This is Greg. We talked to on Sunday. Chicken, by the way. Yeah, you're getting close, buddy. Uh, we're getting close. Greg said that uh, Hitch would win 13 of his first 20 games. I said I think 11 would have been great. So Hitch is uh, Hitch is eight two and one. So he's eight out of eleven. Well, he's on he's on a good pace yeah. right now. Might be going for chicken, Greg. Thanks for calling. Yeah, bye. All right, 780-496-0063. Let's go uh, back to Denver here quickly, and here is the Oilers head coach, Ken Hitchcock. The different elements, but in the end, had the element you wanted the most in a victory. Yeah, I mean they're they're a heck of a hockey club. Obviously, at home and in altitude, it's a tough go until you're used to it. And I thought we took advantage of the chances we got. Our goaltender was our best player, which if you're going to win in this building, he has to be. Uh, he got a little bit tired in the third period and uh, got a little bit deep in the net, and that's to be expected. I thought, I thought he played really, really well in the first half of the first period, and then we played really well in the second in the second half and all of the second period. And uh, and then we kind of held on a little bit in the third, took a couple of poor penalties and hurt us a little bit there. So overall, when you win on the road, and especially in this building against that team, that, that team is arguably to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. That's, that's a real good feather in our cap. What did you make of just kind of star power versus star power and how your, you know, quote-unquote best players played a great game? Yeah, I don't think either team could handle the other team's best players. They're... I don't think they had defense that could handle our guys, and we, we struggled at times to handle their guys. They're you know, world-class players. I thought McDavid was dialed in. I thought Darry Seidel got better as it went on. I thought we got some real contributions from other guys tonight. But overall, when you've got star players who are dialed in like that, it's hard to defend. Maybe just a comment on we saw a lot of the other lines contributing, including nurse, defensemen. Um, that seems to be the theme happening in the last couple of games. Is that something you're really pushing? Well, I think uh, you saw a lot of nurse because Clefbaum got hurt. And, uh, um, you know, Darnell played a good game, but we need more from other people or else one team's just going to get marked at home and or on the road, I mean, and it's going to be hard. So we're pushing for more people to in, to be involved. I don't think we have enough yet. Uh, we're going to need more contribution from more people if we expect to be a playoff team. So we're going to push in that direction. Is it too early for an update on Oscar? No, uh, he's going to go back to Edmonton for a further evaluation. He's got a hand injury, and he's going to be out weeks, not days. So we'll probably have a further evaluation once we get back to Edmonton, but I, I would say weeks uh, for sure, and then we'll see from there. All right, that's Hitch. Obviously, the update on Clefbaum, not a good one for the Oilers, though they do win tonight 6-4 over the Colorado Avalanche. If you missed this one, the Avs were the better team in the first period. A couple of good saves by Koskinen. Brodziak got a seeing-eye goal from in tight. Uh, and then the Oilers able to kill off a power play early in the second period. They ramped it up after that. Nuge got a couple. I, I thought the Avalanche sagged late in the second period. Oilers scored a couple more to lead 5-1 after two. And then the third, Wilson, an early one. Nurse, a uh, power play goal shortly after that stood up after video review. 6-2 Edmonton. The Avalanche keep firing away, get two late ones. 6-4 Edmonton is your final. 780-496-0063. Scott is on the line. Hey, Scott. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, just in uh, your description of uh, uh, tonight's goal there, Rob, uh, 
forgot to mention it was the three feet off the ice and then landed flat on a stick. <laughs> no, yeah, unbelievable. I, I, I mean, most there's a lot of guys in the NHL that can't do that on their forehand, let alone on their backhand. I just, it's just a beautiful pass. And you got to think too, when you're passing to most players, you're leading them into a certain area for the player to skate into it. Connor McDavid has got uh, speeds that no other player in the National Hockey League has. So you got to uh, throw in that extra. Okay, where is he going to be? Okay, he's going to be ten yeah. steps ahead of anyone else. So uh, it was just a great play. You know, I wasn't uh, really happy in the first period with uh, Dreisaitl's play, and then, you know, he all, just like Hitch just said, he uh, came, came on in the second period on. Um, what I want to talk to you about, uh, I'm not even sure if you guys want to talk about it or not, but is that uh, Andrew Ferentz uh, crap. Um, Rob, what do you think of that? Do you think that's just sour grapes? or just? Uh, I know Lerac uh, a couple of years ago recanted something on Hall and whatever, uh, this really can't be recanted, and I don't know. I just feel it's uh, in bad taste. Um, well, I, see, I haven't seen it, and I, and I know that it was in an interview. I, I here's what I know: Andrew Ference is very well spoken, and when he speaks, he speaks from the heart, and, and he he doesn't mince words. He tells what he what he feels in, inside of him. He's not a lot of hockey players. Uh, we're taught from a very young age to say the things that you're supposed to say, to be positive, uh, don't don't cross lines, uh, don't say anything that can come back and haunt you. Now, obviously, Andrew's done hockey. He doesn't really have to worry about stuff like that anymore. Uh, the contacts, I don't know how he was asked the question. Uh, personally, myself, I, I, I'm never going to say something negative about a team that I've had publicly. And uh, there's... Uh, the guys, I mean, some of the things I said about guys partying, guys always partied. And actually, yeah. I am sure that the guys that were partying or, or going out or doing things for the Oilers in three, four, five, six years ago was nothing compared to when I played. I mean, we used to call it playing guilty. All right, it was a tough one last night. Let's go play guilty today. So uh, should it have been said? I don't know. I'm, I, I like Andrew. I, he's a friend. Uh, but sometimes you say things that all of a sudden put you in the spotlight when you don't really want to be in the spotlight and I think maybe this is what's happened with Andrew here well it's sure getting a lot of attention now so yeah you're right too much in my mind Scott yeah I think so too okay thanks for calling buddy thanks guys you bet 780-496-0063. 780-496-0063. Oilers get a 6-4 win over the Colorado Avalanche, so they're up to 17-12-2 on the year. Avs still with a good record, even though they've lost a couple in a row here, 17-9-5 on the season. My goodness, is this my buddy Lars on the line? It sure is. Hey, Lars, nice to hear from you. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I only caught the last 10 minutes of the game. I was telling some jokes. Um, <laughs> I, why... When it comes to face-offs, uh, I listened to the last 10 minutes, so they've pulled the goalie, and when we're about to do that, take that face-off, I feel like we lose all of the crucial face-offs. Like when the no, other they team did pulls tonight. The, well, I mean, in our face-off percentage across the board, is, is there a way, my question, is there a way to improve our face-offs? Is there an, a guy? Is there a guru? Is there an expert? Because that's the one... It's the bane of our existence during empty nets. Um, <laughs> you, there, you, you can improve face-offs, certainly. But you got to remember, when you're trying to improve 
as an Edmonton Oiler, the guys in Colorado are trying to improve and the guys in Pittsburgh are trying to improve and the guys in Vancouver. So uh, the guys are, whoever you're going against also practices it and also works on it. And uh, the good face-off guys, they, they, they watch video. They'll see, okay, we're playing Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Brodziak tonight. How do they take face-offs? What do they do? What are they prone to doing? If they put their hand this way, which way is he pushing it? Okay, and if they line up that way, okay, they got Dreisaitl is taking the face-off. I see McDavid standing over there. Well, that means he's going to probably try to win it this way. So you, you, it's much more nowadays understanding the situation, understanding how the other team is set, understanding what the guy's doing with his hands as before before video when you just go in there and try to beat the guy by being better than him. So uh, the others, yeah, they do need to get better. I think they have improved. Um, but sometimes you play against a team that has good centermen that you, you you struggle with. And we also look at the fact that who the other team puts in. He, I mean, at the end of the game, they're using their best centermen, and sometimes their best centermen is better than all three of yours, and you really have no chance anyways. Lars, you want to finish yeah. the play, buddy? You bet. All right, here we go. We're looking to put Lars's name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental, fast-track indoor karting, safe adrenaline-pumping fun, fast-track karting, Edmonton.com. Nurse has it back, turns and fires, save. Barlamov, the rebound. All right, uh, Lars, that was a first-period goal by the Oilers. Who got it, Brodziak or Zekoff? Brodziak. Nurse has it back, turns and fires, save. Barlamov, the rebound, score. Kyle Brodziak on a juicy rebound. Brodziak getting his third of the season. I think it went into the only spot that was open from that angle. You know, it, it's funny. The, the three goals that were let in by Varlamov actually went from worse to better. Right. And, and he got pulled after the one they probably had no chance on, probably should have got pulled after the first one because that wasn't a good one. But, again, throw pucks on net. If you continue to put pucks on net, eventually things sneak through. And Brodziak, who, I, again, another player had a really good game tonight. I thought Brodziak was excellent in this hockey game. All right, 780-496-0063. Oilers win 6-4. Abbas is on the line. Abbas, go ahead. What up, guys? Hey, no, we're doing well. What's on your mind? Oh, my God. I got to say, ever since this change of the coach and Miko, he's been on on fire. I, I'm amazed. This guy was like a rookie now. He's just playing as if he's second Tubbs. And he and he and Tubbs are playing amazing. He's trying. Yeah, absolutely, Abbas. Thanks a lot for calling, man. It's good to hear from you. Well, Koskinen, I mean, he's up to 10, 3, and 1 on the season so color me surprised about that given what we saw well, I should stop talking about yeah, you know what, actually at this point. but still I mean he's, he's been great he, he has been great and he gives them a chance every time he steps in and he makes big saves at big moments and that's what you want in a goaltender alright quick check here of the Advantage Trailer Rentals out of town scoreboard daily weekly monthly rent to own options AdvantageTrailerRentals.com the Jets get an early lead Beat the Blackhawks 6-3. Wild ring up the Canadians 7-1. Predators knock off the Sens 3-1. Blues get past the Panthers 4-3. Washington behind an Ovechkin hat trick, beating Detroit 6-2. Canucks rally late to win 3-2 in Columbus. Toronto 4-1 win in Carolina. Sabres in overtime 4-3 against the Kings. And the Bruins beat the Coyotes 4-3. Edmonton Oil Kings lose 6-3 tonight in Saskatoon. All right, if you're on hold, we will bring you in after the 10 
1030 News. We'll have more post-game reaction. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As well, you'll hear from Miko Koskinen, the winning goaltender. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Edmonton wins at 6-4. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Staying on his backhand, looking for Eric Johnson, eventually throwing it in front. Quick shot. What a save by Koskinen on Matt Nieto. A sprawling right pad denial. Miko Koskinen, the win. 39 saves. Edmonton over Colorado, 6-4. The save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. The win does come with a price. Oscar Clefbaum injured and Head coach Ken Hitchcock saying he will be out weeks, not days. So, not good. The Oilers look to be uh, close to getting Kajula and Reeder back. Sekra continues to skate, though I still think he's... Well, he's probably weeks, not days away from, from returning as well. So, not, not good on that front for the Oilers, but it is good that they have won four in a row for the first time all season first time since just before Christmas last year when they won four in a row. Thanks for tuning in tonight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers next game will be at Winnipeg on Thursday and we will bring Austin onto the open line. Hello Austin. Hey Reed, how's it going? Doing great. Um, my question was I was just wondering if the cleft bomb injury uh, moves Sucker's uh, return, uh, return date uh, sooner than we originally thought. Nope. No, that you will no. never. You'll never bring a player back before he's ready. It it, it just not Especially fair to the given player. His last two yeah. years. Yeah. Well, it, anyway, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just not fair to the player. It isn't. Okay. This is his livelihood. So no, you uh, you'll never bring him back earlier. Um, the Oilers have two defensemen right now that are, are sitting out. Uh, I would imagine, depending on. Well, I guess it depends on the team. You you have Garrison for a bigger, stronger team. You have Weidman in there if you want a guy that can help out on the power play up front. Although I thought both Nurse and Benning. Both look good on the power play tonight, and actually, both they were the two defensemen when the the Oilers scored their two power play goals. So, uh, I don't see a move happening. I don't see Sekera coming back. I say they try to ride this out and and then see how long Clefbaum's gone for, and then decide what they got to do next. It does hurt though because he he played so much and. You know, it's going to hurt their ability to get the puck up the ice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to hurt. I mean, 26, 27 minutes a night you're taking yep. out of your lineup in hard minutes. Like it, it, he, he plays against the other team's best players. He plays power play. He plays penalty kill. He, he is their best defenseman by far. So it is certainly going to hurt them not having him in the lineup. Now, what do you think? What would you do with the pairings, Austin? Um, there's with Larson because I know McClellan originally had them as a pairing last year when Clefbaum was out, yep. if I'm not mistaken. And, um, like you said, depending on the team, on which person we bring in, for the Western Conference, like, say, in L.A. or Anaheim, maybe a heavier player like Garrison to bring in. Um, probably Benning and Russell, I'd probably assume, and then maybe uh, Garrison and then maybe Weidman and whoever you want With to go whoever in else comes thing. in. Yeah, they might, they might have to. I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough. And, and thanks for calling, Austin. I mean, I, I'd look at... 
you know, you know, like you said, with Benning, I think he's a good third pairing D. Yep. Probably Russell's better cast as a third pairing D on this team. He's been a second pairing D. So if they become the true actual full time second pair, hey, that's going to be a challenge. And you're going now. You're going against the high flying Jets. So yeah. I mean, and another option too is you go Russell with Larson and Nurse and Benning. Because right now, you Nurse and Larson would probably be your top two defense, and then you split them up, and you have a little bit of a safety net. Uh, I, I think there'll be trial and error as they go forward. But yeah, it's this is a it's a significant injury to the Edmonton Oilers. John on the line. Hey, John. Hey, uh, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, a little bit more on the defensive side of things with the cleft bum injury. Um, does it not open up a spot for maybe uh, Caleb Jones or a guy like Ethan Bear to come in and step up, kind of take a little bit more of an offensive role in comparison to a guy like Garrison? Really good question. I would, my guess would be, John, is that they would roll with the guys they currently have on the roster before they'd make a call up. But you're, I think you're, the names you're bringing up are guys who would be considered, though, if they went that route. Yeah, I think they're going to start with what they have and go from there and see if they can get the job done. If not, then you'll see something else happen. But uh, I think that they've been pretty happy with the third pairing of Benning and Gravel. So now they're going to see if Garrison or, and Weidman, either one of them, can come in and, and give them the minutes they ne- that they need. If it doesn't work, well, then other options will become available, which would be calling up guys from the minors. And who steps into uh, first unit power play quarterback? Uh, well, tonight it looked like Nurse started it. Uh, Nurse was on it, and then Benning took the second half of it. So I would think that's the way they would go, unless Weidman comes in. Or I wonder if they would give Garrison a shot there. Possibly. It's possible. I mean, Garrison's got the big bomb. Yeah. We're, and then, and then, we're really committing to this yeah. one, John. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, putting Garrison on the first power play, then that also alleviates some of the minutes. Because if Garrison comes in, he's going to be a third-pairing guy. Right. And we saw tonight Nurse played almost 31 minutes because he was playing on the first unit. You take him off the first unit, and all of a sudden Nurse minutes go down today. What did he have minutes on the power play? Three minutes on the power play. So all of a sudden you bring him down three minutes if someone else takes that spot. So uh, it is going to be – there's going to be a lot of discussion tonight. I mean, certain players, when they're out of the lineup – Create bigger holes than others. Oscar Kleffbaum, this is a big hole. Who 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 would you trust the most? Quarterbacking the first unit, Garrison or Nurse, John? Let me put it to you that way. To be honest, I've liked what I've seen from Garrison uh, this year. That's a big shot from the blue line, and I feel like he's gotten on net quite a bit. So I'd, I would give Garrison a try. To be honest. I wonder, thanks, John, I wonder just because of the experience and, like you said, to keep Nurse's minutes down, I th- if they they dress Garrison to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but if it's not Garrison, if Weidman's coming in, you can throw him on the first unit too because that's one of the reasons they brought him here, thinking that he could run a power play, uh, being the right-handed shot. So, yeah, I, I think to find minutes for other players, you know, that's one of the ways you can do it, bring your third-pairing guy in and put him on the first unit. Oilers win 6-4 in Colorado, 780-496-0063. We'll hear from Miko Koskinen in a couple of minutes, but first we have Phil on line five. Phil, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, Rob Reed, how's it going tonight? Doing quite well. Right on. Uh, I got uh, two, maybe three things that I want to comment on. Sure. Um, number one, Koskinen, I mean, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he's our number one. I see him starting in Winnipeg and uh, Talbot and Edmonton. Uh, Talbot in front of the hometown fans. I may be wrong on that. Um, the uh, defense that we were just talking about here, um, is there any chance that we would be bringing our last year's uh, first-round draft pick up? 
Oh, B- no, Bouchard has to stay in the minors now. No, in, in or, junior. Or sorry, in junior. In junior. The on, sorry. The only way that he can come up is on an emergency recall, and they have to have so many guys injured that they can't bring him up. So they, it was three or four or five years ago they brought some kid up. Yeah, well, it was, no, it was longer. Is it longer than that? Yeah, and, it was a while ago. And I can't even remember the kid's name, but it was an emergency recall that he could only come up with so many injuries. So, yeah, Bouchard won't be here. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, Connor McDavid. Dynamic player, okay? And uh, I'm seeing some similarities from a long, long time ago, and I'm just wondering, and I'm wondering if Connor's ever been asked about this, how much mentoring has been done to him by his agent, number four? Uh, I think there's... I I wouldn't know how much exactly, but I think that there's... I, I would say Bobby Orr has been uh, an important person in Connor's life. Very influential. And uh, having said that, Bobby Orr is my favorite all-time hockey player. Not only was he one of the greatest players ever, he was one of the nicest people I've ever met in the game of hockey. So I am sure that... Seeing, we're seeing that same similarity. I'm seeing a lot of them traits in Connor. Well, that those are good traits to have, so yeah. <laughs> it can only make Connor better. Thanks, Phil. You bet, guys. All right, we'll get back to the phone calls in a second, but right now to Pepsi Center, the winning goalie tonight, Miko Koskinen. In the last five, ten minutes. Uh, I think I played the first 35 minutes, maybe best best of my year, but then the last 25 was got a little bit casual and it, it wasn't that great. And but we're, we're good that we got the win. Do you think that happens um, goal after goal after goal? You guys were up quite a bit over the abs. Does that happen? You said you got kind of casual. So does that happen when we're winning by a lot? Yeah, that's that's the dangerous part when you have like a big big lead and you, 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 you kind of start believing that the game is over, but it's never over before it's end of 60 minutes. So I think that a little bit happened today to me and I need to be better with that. Just thoughts on going um, against and starting Stopping some great shots from one of the top lines in the NHL. Uh, they're a good line. They they create a lot of lot of things. But I think we played pretty well, and uh, we're happy. That we scored like six goals and uh, six six four is two points. So we're happy for that. You uh, you seem to have caught fire under Ken Hitchcock. Did he say anything to you, or did, is there any any correlation there? Not really. I I have my own job, and uh, I, I have only worry about that and. Most of it I talk with uh, Swartzy, the goalie coach, so that's, we communicate every day and try to get better every day. All right, Miko Koskinen, several important saves early in the game. The Avalanche were better the first eight to nine minutes of the game. They had a power play. Uh, the Oilers took the game over in the second period, and then in the third, Koskinen busy again. He was beaten twice in the last four minutes, and the Oilers win this one 6-4. Well, you say early in the game when he made the big saves, if Colorado gets the lead, then the Oilers have to open it up a little bit, and that's when a good offensive team like Colorado can counterpunch and get odd man breaks, and that's where a game gets a little out of hand. What we saw tonight, because of the saves by Koskinen, and the Oilers get the lead, then the Colorado Avalanche have to open it up a little bit, and that's where the Oilers started getting odd man breaks and padded their lead. So important in the National Hockey League getting a lead in a hockey game. When your goaltender gives you those big saves, the Oilers should have been behind in the first 20. Colorado was the better team in the first 20, but because of, because of Koskinen, the Oilers have a one nothing lead, and they're able to extend it in the second period. You know, Tyson Berry's name 
always seems to be floating out there as mm-hmm. a guy Colorado would trade. I mean, there are always the stories that Watt didn't, didn't like coaching him and all that kind of stuff. I mean, who knows how much that was true. But is is he, I mean, he has 21 points. Well, he has more than that now because he got an assist tonight. So he has 22 points in 27 games. Is, is he like a really desirable add to somebody's defense or does he have to go to a team that's already good and he does a very specific job? Oh, the reason that his name is always bandied about, the reason that he's not as a guy that is considered untouchable with his offensive ability because of his defensive ability, he's not a good defenseman. He's good with the puck on his stick. He's not good when he doesn't have it on his stick. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, in, in Hitch's system, uh, there'd be a lot of days that Hitch would have, they'd pan the bench and Hitch would have a very sour look on his face after a play that, I mean, the play tonight where he's coming out of his own end and he, Lucci just takes the puck right off his stick. It's it's not like Lucci snuck up on anybody. It's like it's like he's the biggest man out there, and you run into him, and he just takes the puck off your stick, and they go back the other way, and they score. Those are the things that you get when you get with Tyson Berry. He's got a very good, if not great, offensive upside. But his defensive downside is huge also. He'd be a guy that you'd have to protect with minutes in certain parts of hockey games. Tony on line six. Hey, Tony. Yeah, how's it going, boys? Oh, good. Good to hear from you. Um, so I know everybody's been talking about this, but um, just, you know, Cliff Bomb being down huge, like huge loss for us. But the thing we got, the thing that we got to remember is when it comes down to it, like we have two more games on this road trip, and in my opinion, I know it's never a for sure win, but Philly will be our e- Philly Philly at between Philly and the Jets. Philly will be easier to beat, in my opinion. I know it's never, you know, but what I do if I was Hitchcock, because um, as you guys said, Carrison's a bigger guy and Weidman isn't, and Weidman's a big guy. But you know what we also remember? The fact that Gravel has been playing outstanding. He does what he needs to do to get the fuck out of the zone. Yeah. What I what I do if I was Hitchcock, because I'm not, but I put, as you guys said, Nurse with Larson, because that's obvious. But maybe I'd bring Gravel up to the second with maybe a Benning or a Russell, and then and then for the game against Winnipeg, put Garrison in, and then for Philly, put Wyman in and see who actually fits better in that third pairing. Yeah, they could split those games. Yeah, but you're not going to Russell's going to be in your second pairing. He's not going to be in your third pairing. So if you move Gravel up, he's going to play with Russell, and that's fine too. But. Uh, Russell will be in your top four. And uh, as I said earlier, with the, the the defensemen they bring in, it'll be dictated on who they're playing against. Big, strong team. You see Garrison more likely, a, a skilled team. You probably see Weidman. All right, the Oilers win 6-4. We'll get to Jordan next on the open line. We're going to call a quick timeout first. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osman Hockshin. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Barry with control of the puck. He was stripped by Lucic, a dish in front. Nugent Hopkins shoots and scores 3-0. Lucic, the steal, the feed, and Nugent Hopkins second of the game. So Nuge gets two tonight. Brodziak, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nurse also score for the Avalanche. Rantanen with two. Wilson and Landeskog also lighting the lamp. The Oilers beat the Avalanche 6-4. The Oilers improved to 17-12-2 and 
on the season. Quickly, the Pacific Division standings. Calgary, 40 points. San Jose and Anaheim both with 37. The Oilers now in fourth place with 36. That is enough to give them a wild card spot with 51 games left in the season. Hey, but still. Well, I, I think in, in the Western Conference, there are six, eight, ten teams fighting for eight spots. I think there's teams that have now so started to fall Vegas off. Vegas and Minnesota as the two teams that yep. aren't in it that are going to hang around. Yeah, and I think I, I think, think I think Vegas is going to make the playoffs. I, I really do. And that'll be a team that you, the others are going to want to stay ahead of, but I believe Vegas will be a playoff team. All right, we have Jordan on line three. Hey, Jordan. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Well, just uh, looking at the stats there with 43 shots on 39 saves. Going into Winnipeg where they have an outstanding home record. Do you think Hitch is going to ride Koskinen into that game, or does he have the ability to recover that quick after a big night like tonight? I, I don't think recovery will be a problem. Um, I, I think Hitch has got a, a choice of which game he wants Koskinen to play and which game he wants Talbot to play. And I think when both goalies are playing well as they are right now, you start looking at uh, what players have done career-wise. Uh, you talk to the goalie coach. Well, for Koskinen, he's yeah, yeah, first well, time. Okay, so I guess you're more or less going what Talbot's done career-wise, <laughs> and and then you try to slide in Koskinen where you think you're going to have the most success. So right now, here's your, your, your thing. You're going into Winnipeg, who is one of the best teams in the National Hockey League on the road, and then the next game is against a team that's struggling at home against Philly. Where do you want your better goalie to play? Do you want him to play in the harder game? Or do you want him to play in the easier game and make that game just a bit a little bit easier? Because this guy has got three shutouts in his six home starts. So those are the options. They'll talk to the goalie coach. Coaches will sit around. I honestly don't think there's a wrong choice right now, simply because both goalies are playing well. Who would you start, Jordan? I think I think the boys are playing with a little bit more confidence in front of Koskinen. I think I ride Koskinen into Winnipeg. Okay, here's and, and here's here's the one the if you want to play devil's advocate. So you you play Koskinen in Winnipeg. Koskinen can play great, and you could still lose in Winnipeg because they're that good. The next night you're putting in Talbot, who's not as good as Koskinen at home. Now does that make that game a little dicier? Now all of a sudden you could drop both games. So that's just if you want to look at why why you have to look at both, all the options before you make that decision. Yeah, you do devil's advocate yeah. very well. Thank I you. My <laughs> See you, Jordan. All right, bye. All right, and uh, we have John. John, were you at the game tonight? Yeah, I was down in Denver. I live in Vancouver, but was here for business. Oh, uh, cool. All guys, I just want to say, love listening to your show online. Great. Um, oh, th- thank you very much. Uh, it was. It was really impressive seeing the rant in line. He's incredible. That kid Gerard is a terrific skater. But for our Oilers, i got to say Gravel seemed to have a good night. I'll say a couple things and then I'll listen because I do enjoy hearing you. I thought uh, Gravel had a good night. Lee Arby, you know, he, he held his own. For the few minutes that Lucic played, he was an effective guy and it was important to see him out there. Um, what I did notice you know, it was obviously Drysaddle and McDavid and Nuge and Nurse were, were terrific. But Spooner and Raddy were completely out of their element. I, I was wondering if you guys noticed that. And, you know, until Raider and Kajula get back, do you think they will be playing much? I think. I'll just uh, hang up and say thanks for being a terrific show to listen to. Yeah, John, thanks for, for uh, listening from out of town. That's cool. I personally think Spooner comes out when one of those mm-hmm. guys is healthy. Well, I, I honestly, I, I don't think Spooner is, is a Ken Hitchcock type of player. Um, I think when 
they get players back, he will be the first player that will be out of the lineup. I think Raddy has shown spurts. He's not getting as much ice, obviously, with with Hitch. I think he will be the other player that will be in a little bit of trouble when you get both Kajula and Reader back. But Hitch is Hitch is rolling three lines. That's all he's playing. His Basically. fourth line is only playing four or five minutes a night at most. All right, you can get more on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. The Oilers do win it. They're fourth in a row, dropping the Avalanche 6-4. However, Oscar Clefbaum will be coming back to Edmonton. Injury tonight, and head coach Ken Hitchcock saying he will be out weeks, not days. So we'll uh, look for the update in the days to come for that. Kellen Kennedy, thank you very much. He's our studio producer here at 630Chet. Our next Oilers broadcast will be Thursday night. They visit the Winnipeg Jets. 4.30 face-off show, the game at 6. Then on Friday, we'll have the Oilers home to the Flyers. 5.30 face-off show and game at 7. 6-4, the Oilers beat the Avs. You've been listening to Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. Thanks for tuning in. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.